It's the Arthur Haynes Show. Nicholas Parsons and Dorothy Dampier in sketches by Johnny Spate with music by The Temperance Seven. More tea, darling? Yes, yes, uh, thank you very much, darling. Well, uh, what are you going to do today? Well, I don't know. It's a very nice day. Mm. I think I'll go out and clean the car. It certainly needs it. Oh, it certainly does. Mm. Oh, look. Yes? There's a strange man coming up the drive. I wonder what he wants. Curious-looking fellow, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> Poor old chap. Yeah. Oh, leave him to me, darling. I'll, I'll, I'll see him. Oh. <laughs> oh. Morning. Oh, good morning. This your house, then? Yes, the, this is my house. Lovely house, isn't it? Oh, I'm glad you like it. Nice neighbourhood. Oh, well, very nice, very nice. We, we, we like it very much indeed. I reckon you're lucky living here in this neighbourhood, mate. Well, uh, actually, we think we are as well. Is that um, your car, then? Yes, that's my car, then. That's a nice car, isn't it? Uh, just a minute, look, have you just come and knocked on my door to tell me that you think that I'm lucky? Yeah, well, in a way I have, yeah. Why? Well, I'm unlucky, you see. I'm one of those unlucky people, but I reckon you're lucky. You're lucky, I know you're lucky, because you're lucky to have a house like this, you know, and a car like that. <laughs> I reckon you're very lucky. Well, just a minute, before you know, tell me why you think that you're unlucky. Well, I'm just unlucky, that's all. I mean, if ever I'd have got on my feet, I'd, this is the sort of house I'd have had. Oh, and I that's see. the sort of car I'd have had. I'd have been very lucky if I'd have had that. But I'm, not, I'm unlucky, you know, I'm just well, one of those unlucky people, that's all, you know. Well, don't, don't you have a job? Well, I don't know. I haven't got a job, mate. You haven't got a no. job? Well, I mean, I dare say if you really sort of envied this type of house and situation, if you got yourself a job and started to earn some money, then you might be able to acquire it. What, a job? Well, I can't, mate, you see. That's what I mean. I'm unlucky. I can't work, you see. You, you can't work? No. Well, well, why not? Is there something wrong with you? Well, nothing that's apparent to the naked eye. <laughs> nothing apparent? Yeah, that's what I see, you see. So I'm unlucky, see, you see. When I'm ill, the doctor can't find nothing wrong with me. I, I don't quite understand that. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm just one of those unlucky people, you know. See, he can't find nothing wrong with me, so I don't get any sick pay and I don't get any medical attention. I don't get anything, you know. I just have to struggle on, as usual, you know. I mean, you take last week, yeah. for instance. I had flu last week, you know. Flu? Yeah, I was, laid, I was laid low with flu, I was. But just because there was no symptoms of it, because I didn't have a cold or nothing, you know. <laughs> just because there was no temperature or nothing, they wouldn't believe me. They said, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. And I was done out of my sick pay again. Dead unlucky I am, mate. I'm dead unlucky. Well, I, I, I must say that you certainly look fit enough to me. Oh, no, that's the trouble, mate. When I look ill, when I'm ill, I don't look ill. <laughs> Not when I'm ill. I don't look ill when I'm ill. I'm just one of those unlucky people, do you know, that don't look ill. Well, that, that is extremely unfortunate. I it's a funny see, thing. Actually. Sometimes I don't even feel ill. That just shows you how unlucky I am. <laughs> Very lucky person, you know you. I mean, you've got a lovely car and a marvellous house. Not like me, I've got nothing, you know. No, no, look, look, my good fellow, look, look, you must understand something. I had to work extremely hard for what I've got. Yeah, well, you're lucky to be fit, so you can work hard for it. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you how unlucky I am. I mean, today here I am standing talking to you, but fate, it's dead against me. Fate is against you? It is, in a way, yeah. I mean, if I was another bloke, and I'd knocked on your door like I did this morning, and seen your car out there like it is, you'd have been offering me a job of cleaning it. But not me, though, I'm unlucky. Well, as it happens, I'm just about to clean my car, so if you'd like to help me, I'd be very pleased. 
Well, that's, yeah, that's just what I've been saying, you see. You know, I mean, that's luck, isn't it? I mean... What is luck? Well, if that had been a clean car, yes. I wouldn't have been offered the job of cleaning it, would he? Would I? <laughs> I mean, I'm not lucky enough, am I, to get a clean car to clean, am I? I'm just because it's filthy dirty, I'll, I'll get offered the job. <laughs> I mean, I don't, don't think I'm complaining. I'm not complaining. I mean, it's not my nature to complain. I'm just, I'm just pointing out to you how unlucky I am. Now, just a minute. Do you wish to help me clean this car or not? Yeah, well, all right, I'll help you clean Which part do you want me to clean, then? Well, I don't really mind. You can start at the back, if you like. Oh, I see. Where all the mud is. <laughs> That's just my luck, isn't it? Well, all right, then. Clean the front, if you wish it. Well, it's even muddier there. Which part would you like to clean, then? Well, I'm not bothered, really, mate. I mean, any part I have to clean is bound to be dirty. I mean, it's just my luck, mate. It's well, then don't clean any of it. I don't mind. There you are. You see that? It just shows you how unlucky I am. That just shows you how unlucky I am. I get offered a job and then I'm sacked before I can even start on it. All right, all right, all right. Look, I tell you what, you clean inside the car. It's not dirty in there at all. No, but it's very stuffy in there, though, isn't it, mate? I mean, it's bound to be stuffy. I mean, a day like this, if it was cold out here or raining, I wouldn't get offered a job like that inside, would it? I'm not lucky enough to get a job inside when it's raining and dirty. But just because it's all warm or not, I've I, I got to go all inside. What? All warm or not, you heard what I said. <laughs> I've got to sit inside that card and swelter. I'll probably get claustrophobia, you know, that's what I'll get in there. No one will believe me, just that's my luck. There's going to be no symptoms, no sick pain. All right, for goodness sake, man, you can wind the window down, can't you? Just get in there and wind the window down. That's all you have to do. What, and let the drafts in? <laughs> That'd be just my luck to get a death of cold, wouldn't it? Just sitting in there with the windows wouldn't down. Just a minute, just a minute. Before you tell me any more about your luck, what do you want to do? Do you want to help me clean this car, or don't you? Well, I mean, beggars can't be choosers, can they? I mean, I've got to earn a crust... I'm, I'm just unlucky, mate, that's all. I mean, you know, you hear some fellas go round and they get a pair of boots here, something else there, a few little tidbits here, a couple of bob here, just for going round knocking on knockers, you know. They don't have to work for it. You know, now, just a minute, you needn't say any more, because I'm going to tell you something. Your luck is in today. Is it? You are going to get something for nothing. Now, I'm you not. Yes, You're you kidding. are. You, you see this ten-shilling note here? Yes. Yeah. Now, if I give you this ten-shilling note, yeah. will you do something for me? What's that? Clear off! <laughs> Well, I don't mind clearing off, yeah. All right, all right. But it just shows you how my luck is, doesn't it? Just what I mean about being unlucky. What is it this time? Well, if it had been somebody else, you'd have offered them a quid, wouldn't you? <laughs> but just because it's me, I'm only going to get ten bob. All right, I'm sorry. You're, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. You are unlucky. I've decided you really are very unlucky. No, I'm going to put this tensioning note back in my pocket here. And do you know what I'm going to do now? Yeah. You're going to give me a pound? No, I'm not. I'm going to set my dog on you. Prince, get him! Oh, oh Prince, get him, oh. get him! Ladies and gentlemen, the temperance set. Good evening, England. Well, Mr. Haynes is unlucky again, I'm afraid. We haven't even ten shillings for him. We only have seven and eleven. Thank you. 
Most town councils have public baths. Anyone is allowed to use these baths for a small nominal charge. And most of the people who do use them are decent, respectable people who have no baths of their own. But occasionally the odd tramp comes in off the road, carrying years of dirt on his person. And for some reason, known only to himself, has decided to wash it all off. that bell, can't you? What are you talking about, stop ringing that bell? That's what the bell's for, isn't it? Dinging? Dinging? <laughs> dinging. For dinging the bell. That's what you think is. What you got a bell for? It says up there on that. It says if you want the attendant, ding the bell. All right, all right, all right. I know what the notice says. Well, they are. They must have got to put up a notice there if you don't want anybody to ding your bell then. Look, nobody's talking about not dinging the bell. Give it a ding, yes. Go on, give it a ding by all means. But there's no need to play a ruddy tune on it, is there? I'm not deaf, you know. I'm not deaf. I've got ears. I've got ears. I can see that, mate. I can see that. Yeah, a real right pair of flappers, they are. I know, <laughs> aren't you? Now, look here, my good man. I don't want a cheek out of you. What do you want, anyway? What do you want? Well, I want a bath, mate. You're not kidding, are you? <laughs> look, I don't want any cheek out of you either, mate. I'm telling you that. You want to be careful who you're talking to, you know? Yeah? Yeah, I'm not one of the old oi polloi, you know. Oh, I know. I can see that. Yeah, you want to watch yourself, or you might find yourself up against someone a bit trickier than you think they are, mate. Yeah. You're just a public bars attendant, mate. That's all you are. You're just one of the millions of uniform minions, mate. That's what you are, with a servant's hat on. So act like a servant, mate, that's all. Like your pays uh, Now, look here, look here. Don't you start calling me a servant. What? I'm no servant. I know exactly what you are, mate. I know yeah. what servants are, mate. I've employed servants in my time. Oh, yes, You're yes. a servant, all right. So yeah. let's have some civility, if you don't rhyme. Remember your station, mate, and you might get on. Remember the yeah. old adage? Service est actum? Service what? Service est actum, mate. Latin for service est actum. And the same to you. <laughs> well, let's have some of it, that's all, mate. Now, go and get my bath ready, please, servant. I want none of that servant chat out of you. I'm no ruddy servant. I'm employed by the council, here I am. I'm employed. I am a council employee. That's what I am. Oh, are you really? Yes, I am. Oh, so you're a council employee, are you? Yeah. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Upon my word, I didn't realise I was talking to someone in such a high position, actually. <laughs> Oh, dear. I suppose you had to go to a good school, didn't you, to get that job? Did you really? Did you have to go? Did you have to pass examinations? I mean, it's not everybody could do a job like that, is it? Giving out soap and towels, is it? <laughs> I bet you had to pass a lot of exams, didn't you? I mean, I, I can see your brains, mate, they're oozing out of your ear holes to do a job like this. Are you trying to be funny? I'm not trying to be funny, mate. No, mate, I'm not trying to be funny. Look, you just give me my towel and soap, mate. I just want to get in those bars and have a clean-up. Oh, really? You want to get in them bars and have a clean-up, do you? That's what I said, yes. I have not yet said that I'm going to let you in there. So did you start that laugh with me, mate? You heard what I said. <laughs> I said, if I want to go in those bars and get cleaned up, I can, mate. This is a public bar. That's right, it? that's right. This is the public bars. It's not the fumigation department, you know that, don't you? That's what I think you're looking for, my mate. We only use soap and water in there, and I don't think soap and water will do you very much good. What are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to say? Are you trying to imply I'm dirty, mate? <laughs> Look, if you've got anything to say to me, mate, I said, you come out in the open with it. Don't chuck out little lints, mate. We can all do that. Hide behind little vaguettes. Little what? Vaguettes. Hide behind them. We can all do that, mate. I prefer a mate. I prefer a man who's honest, mate, who can come out with what he's going to say. Come on, if you're right, then, all right, all right. You've got anything to say? Come straight out. I'll come out straight out with it. Right, say it again. Go on. I don't want to let you in those bars there because I think that you are a dirty, stinking wretch. And I've said it. Would you mind repeating that? With great pleasure. Yes, I would. Yes. I think that you are a dirty, stinking wretch. Right now, just wait there. Don't go away. I'm not going to go away. I'm going to get a witness. Oi, Mrs. Yes. Just come in here a minute. What do you want? Never mind what I want. Just stand here. Just stand there and listen. All right. Yes. Right, I brought a woman witness in. Just All say right. that again, will you? All right, nothing would give me more pleasure. 
I won't let you in these bars here because I think that you are a dirty, stinking wretch. Did you hear that, missus? Yes, I did. And he's quite right. <laughs> Look, who asked you to poke your big fat nose in You asked me to come in here. Oh, get on with your shopping, you old rat bag. Well, really, don't talk to me like that, you dirty, stinking wretch, you. Oh, oh clear off, you great big bag of skinny bones. Get out of here. Oh, I'm going, don't you worry, you filthy, dirty, stinking wretch. <laughs> oh, matchstick legs. <laughs> That's all I had to deal with him, mate. Bloody nosy parkers poking their nose in there. Right, are you going to let me in the bars or not, mate? No. You can't stop me, mate. I know my rights, mate. You can't stop me. Really? I'm entitled to be clean if I want to. And if I want to go in there and clean up, you can't stop me. That's a public bars, this is. Well, I'm telling you that you can't go in there in that state of yours. If you want to go in them bars, you can come here a bit respectable. You can come here a bit clean. And you can go in. What are you talking about, come here a bit clean? What are you talking about, come here a bit clean? If I was clean, mate, there'd be no point in me coming here, would there? What are you talking about? You don't have a bath when you're clean, no, do you? most of the people who use these bars here, mate, are clean. They might be poor, but they are clean, respectable people what use these bars here. Look, mate, they might be clean on top where you can see it, but underneath where you can't see it, they're just as dirty as I am, mate. I know that, mate. Yeah. I've seen them in hospitals and places. I mean, yeah. you've only got to tell someone to strip them off, and then you start seeing the dirt underneath, mate. That's why a lot of them are frightened of getting knocked down, mate. <laughs> Hey, someone else might have to undress them, you know. I've seen and reveal their dirty secrets. I've seen it, mate. I'm honest, mate. I keep my dirt show, mate. I keep my dirt on top where everybody can see it, mate. I show my dirt. Yeah, well, blimey, you'll be hard put to hide it, wouldn't you? Anyway, I, you're, you're not coming in here. That's all I'm saying. I have to keep those bars clean. It is my job to clean those bars, and I'm not cleaning them out after you've been inside them. Well, you can't stop me going in, mate. Oh, can't I? No, you can't. Just you try then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, if that's your attitude and I can't have a bath, mate, will you do me a favour? Yeah, what is it? Rinse this pair of socks out for us. <laughs> Get out! Well, now, here's a little Terpsichorean diversion. It's the new dance sensation of the age, the shake. Come on, shake, get in the fashion and do the shake. You feel better each time you make a wriggle like a squiggle on an icing cake. Come on, shake, do the shake. You find it crazy each step you take. Come on, do it for goodness sake. Give yourself a break. You do a jelly roll on the floor. Though every bone is breaking, it won't matter. Before the figure you stop and raw. Hey, you, have you had your drinking pinter? Come on, shake, come on, shake. 
This latest fashion is sure to take. You'll make friends every time you shake. It's a top, it's a queen, it's a popular theme. Shake, shake, shake. of the young is always a problem. Our teachers, most of them dedicated men and women, have no easy job. But how rewarding it must be for them when a pupil passes all exams and wins a scholarship to university. The headmaster happily sends for the boy's father and imparts the good news. Come in. Oh, good morning, headmaster. Oh, good morning. Uh, Mr. Haynes? Yes, H.A. Oh. Wine, yes, that's, that's me. Right. Yes. Mr. Haynes. Yes, well, will you sit down, Mr. Haynes? Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, it's about your son, Harold, that I wish to see you, Mr. Haynes. Harold. Yes, uh, Harold. Harold. Now, wait a minute. I'll place him in a minute, Harold. <laughs> I've got it now. It's a little dark one, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's the one, yes. The, the one with the bald head. <laughs> yeah, yes, Mr. Haynes, yes. Yes, Harold. Harold. Yeah. Funny about him, isn't it? The way his hair won't grow. Funny, that. I mean, I've got a hairy chest. <laughs> So is the missus. She's got hairy chest. Mr. Haynes, I, I actually wish to talk to you about Harold. Now, this is uh, very serious. Oh, serious, is it? Well, yes, what's sir. he been doing, then? Uh, I well, mean, if he's been up to anything, you know, it's not my fault, you know. I mean, I, I've done my best for that boy. I've told all of them, I said, as soon as they were able to walk, I said, I told them, I said, now, don't bring anything through that front door that's been stolen. Well, that's very admirable, Mr. Haynes. Yeah, yeah, I said, now, if you steal anything, fetch it round the back where nobody has seen <laughs> Uh, Mr. Harris, your son Harold has just won an important scholarship. Who, Harold? Yes. It's a scholarship that could take him on to a, a public school and eventually to university. My Harold? You're yes. kidding. No, You're no, kidding. No. My Harold? Your son is very clever, Mr. Hayes. In fact, I should go so far as to say that he could even be a genius. A genius? Harold. Well, if he is, then, it must be from my side of the family he's got that, you know. Oh, really, yes. Yeah, it wouldn't be from the wife's. I mean, uh, yes. uh, as thick as they make them, their family is. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure. Dead, lazy and ignorant they are, that lot. A lot of them they are. Well, uh, Mr. Hint. I won't let them in the house, you know. I, you know, I find it hard enough trying to get on with her, you know, let alone the family course, as well, you know. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, I'll let you in a secret, really. I mean, I, I wouldn't have married her, you know, if it hadn't been for the scandal. Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, what, um... No, if that boy's a genius, headmaster, it's from me. That's where he's got that from. Uh, That's Mr. Haynes, uh, uh, please, please, I, I don't wish to discuss your private family matters at the present moment. All that concerns me is your son, Harold, mm -hmm. and I want to know if he's going to be given the chance to pursue this golden opportunity. 
Well, I mean, I'm his father. I won't stand in his way, obviously. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that. I'm well, so if you want to take him and bung him in those schools, I mean, you can. Oh, good. You good. can have him as soon as you want him, if you like. Oh, fine, fine. I mean, they live in in those schools, don't they? Oh, yes, yes, they're, they are boarding schools. Well, that would be another mouth less for me to feed, wouldn't it? Hmm? I mean, he's only a little one, but he's a big eater, you know, that one? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, two bits of bread and jam he's had for his breakfast and still be hungry. I've known him to still be hungry. <laughs> oh, bless his little heart. Yeah, bread and jam. I reckon, you know what I reckon? I reckon that bread and jam has made him brilliant, you know. <laughs> That's all he eats, you know, for breakfast, dinner and tea, bread and jam. Oh, doesn't he like anything else? I don't know. We've never given him anything else. <laughs> never given him anything else? Not really. I mean, we're only poor people, you know. We can't afford to go around buying fancy foods. Fancy food? Well, I can't afford it, mate. I mean, I've got 18 kids and I've got six greyhounds to feed. Uh, six uh, <laughs> greyhounds? Six greyhounds and I'm not working, mate. I mean, and the dole and the family allowance don't go very far when you've got six hungry greyhounds to feed, mate. And three of those are in pup. Well, if, if you'll take my advice, Mr. Haynes, you will get rid of those greyhounds. A man in your position can't afford to keep six large dogs. Get rid of them before you find yourself in trouble. Oh, don't talk, Ma. I mean, they're the only chance I've got of getting anywhere they are. They're all champion dogs. When they start winning races, I'll be loaded, I will. And in the meantime, your children are going to go without proper food. Who are? Look, if anybody's been telling you that, mate, they're telling a pack of lies, because those kids get their share. They get almost as good as food as the dogs get, I'll tell you that, mate. <laughs> Bread and jam is not good enough food, Mr. Haynes. Look, mate, now look, I gave Harry bread and jam for a purpose. That was given to him for his own good, just, just, just to keep him nice and small. Keep him small? Yeah, I didn't want him to get big, I wanted to keep him nice and small. Good heavens, man, what monstrosities are you up to? Well, I've got him down to be a jockey. <laughs> jockey? A jockey, I've got a big family, mate, and I'm their father, and I'm looking after their interests. All the little ones I'm keeping nice and small for jockeys, and all the big ones I'm building up bigger so they can be boxers. And what is the purpose of this behaviour of yours? Well, I can become their manager then, can't I? I mean, I've got to manage the boxers, can't I? I mean, there's a lot of money in managing boxers. They've all got big cigars in boxing managers. I mean, you get more out of the managing than the boxers get for fighting, I'll tell you that, mate. And with all those jockeys in the family, I can get a lot of information, can't I? I mean, there's a lot of money to be made out of racing, you know, if you know the jockeys. I mean, a jockey can't make a horse win, but he, he can make a lose, can't he? Eh? If you know what I mean. And if you've got five sons in a six-horse race, mate, that's as good as knowing the winner. <laughs> Mr. Hayes, I am absolutely appalled by your callous indifference to your children. To bring them up in this way, training them for these barbaric, ignominious sports. Your son, Harold, could be a great scholar, a man of learning. Harold is a, a gentle soul. And you want to bring him up to be some pug-ugly or a misshapen jockey? Why, it, it's monstrous. I insist, Mr. Haynes, that Harold has his chance at a public school and later university. Yeah, I know, but it's all very well you're sitting there spouting, mate. It's all very well you're sitting there insisting. But I'm a poor man. I mean, who's going to pay for all this? Who's going to keep him, mate, while he's sitting about in university until he's about 25? I'm not, mate. They, they don't that. stay there until they're 25, Mr. Haynes. Now, please be sensible. Your son has won a scholarship. There'll be no school fees to pay at all. Yeah, I know. I've read that in the papers. But what about all these books? He wants some books, won't he, to stick his nose into? Who pays for them? Oh, what no. about all those fancy clothes he'll have to wear? You know, top hats and big white collars <laughs> under the ear holes. I mean, who's going to pay for them, then? Go on, tell well, me. Well, there will be some sacrifices to make, of course, Mr. Haynes. Don't start talking to me about sacrifices. I've made enough sacrifices, haven't I? What sacrifices have you made? Well, look, you have 18 kids, and see how many sacrifices you have to make, mate. Really? You know how much it costs to feed them kids? Five bob a week. Five bob a week each I have to pay out for every one of those, mate. Five shillings a week it costs me to feed those kids. You are allowed eight shillings a week for each child by the state. Family allowance, Mr. Haynes. What happens to the other three shillings? Well, it's me and the missus, mate. I, I, mean, we, I mean, we've got to eat, and there's six hungry greyhounds. They've got to be fed, you know. Get a job, Mr. Haynes. Get yourself a job. Well, Get I've a job. a job. I keep telling you I've got a job. What I'm job looking, have you got? I'm what looking job? after the dogs. That's my job, training them, you know. Training and the kids. Yeah. Really? 
training the kids. That's my job. I'm a trainer. That's my training job. Training children to be boxers and jockeys. Mr. Haynes, your son Harold has been offered a chance to go to university. And when he comes out of that university, he could be or do anything. All right. Well, tell me what he could be then. Go on. I know what it could be, mate. I know what most of them are when they come out of universities. Either finish up as a professor, a vicar, an MP, or a prime minister. Go on, you tell me what it'd be then. Oh, why not, Mr. Haynes? Why not? Your son, Harold, could be one of these things. He could even be a prime minister. Well, that's a marvellous job for a start, isn't it? Prime minister. Eh? What's and you laughed that? at boxers. Well, old Henry Cooper earns more than a prime minister, mate. And look at little Ellen Shapiro. She's four times younger than him and earns four times as much, mate. <laughs> Your Prime Minister had it up here, mate. He'd have got in one of those schools where all the boxing's going on, mate, and the football, we've got a bit of lolly. You guarantee that my kid can go to one of those schools, mate, and I'll let him sign on, I'll tell you that. I'll let Mr. him go. Mr. Haynes, money isn't everything you know. There are people in our society, dedicated men, men who are prepared to forgo the financial reward and work on important work, such as the day-to-day -day running of our country, people who become members of Parliament, some even become cabinet ministers. There are men who devote themselves to the service of others, scientists, doctors, men who could make fortunes in the city if they were that way inclined but prefer to devote themselves to the improvement of our society. Mr. Haynes, can you understand this? Yes, I can. I can see your point. Good. And you, you, you think, you seem to think that my Harold could be one of the sort of the blessed. Yes, sort yes, of I a do. dedicated like I that. I do. I think your Harold could be anything. He could be one of those, could he? Yes. Anyway, sort of a fellow you're talking about, a Prime Minister. I think that Harold could even be a Prime Minister, definitely. Well, who'd serve his country and help others. Yes, yes. All right, in that case, I'll let him go to that school then. I'll let him go to that university. I won't stand in his way, mate, even if he is a natural-born jockey. Oh, tell Mr. You Haynes, I, I, I'm really most greatly relieved to hear you say that. It's, it's really marvellous. I, do you know, I, I, I felt sure that if we could just have this little talk that I would make you see the importance of all this and you, that you would let Harold go. I will let him go, but it's just one condition, though. Uh, one condition. I'll let him go on one condition. What is this condition? Well, I'd like you to sign a paper, say that if Harold becomes pri another Prime Minister, yes. you'll reimburse me the money I'd lose by him not becoming another Gordon Richards. <laughs> oh, really? Arthur Haynes and Nicholas Parsons with Dorothy Dampier in sketches by Johnny Spate with music by the Temperance Seven. The show produced by Richard Dingley.